1: Welcome to Voices of Experience, the official podcast of the National Speakers Association. I'm your host, technology strategist and futurist, Crystal Washington. As we're tackling COVID-19, many of us are reorganizing and diversifying. In today's episode, Diversify with Physical Products, we'll discover how we can create additional revenue streams, even if they have nothing to do with our areas of expertise hope you're ready to have your mind opened let's go on this segment of voices of experience we have julie holmes psa fellow a little bit about julie she has invented over a dozen products including phone apps like wait for it family trivia game software including speaker flow crm and tech gadgets like hey mike Her products are sold globally and generate over six figures in revenue each year, regardless of if, when, or where she speaks. Welcome to Voices of Experience, Julie. Thank you so much, Crystal. It's a huge honor to be with you. Well, can I just tell you how timely this topic is as we're talking about physical product creation at, at the height of COVID-19 when a lot of speakers are are kind of scrambling saying, okay, for those that only had one avenue of revenue or even maybe they had multiple channels of revenue, many of us don't have physical products. So I'm, I'm really... um interested in asking you, you know, why should speakers consider creating physical products?
0: Well, I think speakers are at heart entrepreneurs. I mean, that is what we all are. Speaking is what we do but we are entrepreneurs by nature. Mm. And uh, you know many of us are solopreneurs as well. So we are creating our own businesses and the same skills and attributes that serve speakers well in creating those businesses would serve them well to create products as well. We are creative, we see opportunities, we are inventing every single day, mm-hmm. oftentimes around our own content, but that's not that different from inventing products. Okay. And the really big reason is because When all of our revenue and all of our opportunity is tied to a particular market or a particular strand in the world, Mm. all it takes is one upset and we are not diversified enough. So Mm. this is a time to really be thinking about diversification Mm. and making sure that your business can weather any storm.
1: What's interesting about what you said because you were talking about not having all of your income tied to one particular area. So it sounds to me like that means that our physical products, you're not just talking about us packaging a talk on a on a disc or something downloadable or creating a workbook. That, that's not the kind of physical product we're really talking about here.
0: Nope, not for me. I am always looking for new, clever ideas to take out into the market. Sometimes they do complement my contact. Uh, You know, I speak on innovation and technology, so of course, when I make a tech product, that's awesome. Right, I can talk about that in my presentations, but truly, you know, when you think about diversification, creating another branch off of your existing topic, like a digital workbook, like an e-course, isn't really diversified enough.
1: Mm, so, so some, some, I some think of us think everybody we're to think
0: farther than that and how they can reach even more.
1: So some of us think we're diversified, but it sounds like if it's all tied to this one area, that really isn't going to carry us through a down market if that, that one area is torpedoed. Absolutely. Well, I mean, most of us
0: fall under that same kind of umbrella, right? We're in that training, coaching, and speaking space. And if all of our products fall under that same budget line item, and that budget line item is uh, not going very well for organizations, then we are going to struggle. Whereas if we've got different products that serve different needs and honestly, in different markets, like I've been amazed by some of the different industries that our products, our physical products that have been created. Mm -hmm. I've been surprised at some of the industries I, you know, they have found their way into, you know, I mean, I just had an email this morning, um, asking if we would partner with a company to take Hey Mike to Mm -hmm. deaf and hard of hearing students. Oh, wow. That's a completely different market. So, you know, it just goes to prove that, you know, we want to make sure that we are reaching a huge range of people all the time.
1: Okay. So the digital products don't have to complement, necessarily, complement our current offerings. So many of us are listening to you right now and we feel convicted, Julie. We're like, oh, man, you know, I, I really need some of this Julie Holmes magic. So, what items should we consider? If we're interested into getting into physical products, many of us don't even know where to start. Yeah, I think that's a great question. It's
0: funny. I probably have one conversation every week or every other week with a friend or a colleague from the NSA who has rung me up and said, I've got an idea and I want to talk through it. And uh, and I think that's amazing. So first and foremost, the very first thing everybody has to do is just be observant. I have no doubt that every single person listening to this podcast has at one time or another said, oh man, I had that idea. I had that idea three years ago. I should have taken that to market. And the challenge is, yes, you should have. You should have taken it to market. So first of all, quick and easy, get a notebook and just start writing down every single "ug" that you experience. It's one of the things I talk about in my keynote is this idea of, Ugh, is that moment where we feel frustration. Oh, I can't believe this doesn't do what I need it to do. Right. That is a moment of inventor and innovation waiting to happen. Mm. Once you've got that, it's about figuring out how complex you really need it to be. One of the first things I do with anybody who brings me up to talk about inventions, and I love to talk about them, so by all means, drop me a note, is scale it back. What is the simplest, cheapest form of solution that you could create for that problem before you ever go out and talk about manufacturing anything, before you ever go out and talk about partnering with anybody? Like what is that simple plug and play, quick and easy fix for something that you could test? I have dozens of prototypes, many of which have never seen the light of day (laughs) Okay, because we try things out and we see if the market will bear it. The other thing is that we rarely bring products to market alone. Okay. In fact, I've never brought a product to market alone. Okay. So I partner on all of my products in one way or another. Take, for example, an iPhone game. Mm -hmm. I hired developers to create that game for me. Mm -hmm. So my role in that project was to make sure that I knew exactly what I wanted that experience to look like and to be clear about documenting that. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I leaned on people who were experts in their field to create the game for me. Same thing with Hey Mike. Hey Mike is a manufactured product. I had never manufactured anything before Hey Mike. I had never done a consumer packaged good before. I'd only ever done enterprise software. And so we partnered with um, a friend of a friend of a friend, right? Somebody in our network who specializes in helping people take products that they've created Mm. to manufacturers in China and helping Mm. them be manufactured and packaged and produced. And he helped us do all of that. Okay. Same thing with Speakerflow CRM, right? There's another example. I created a CRM, but I didn't want to take that to market myself because... I mostly create. I don't necessarily like to take everything to market myself. Mm-hmm. I partnered with an amazing team of people at Speaker Flow, and now that's out in the world. And I'm I'm just a resource for them.
1: Okay. Now you know, as I'm listening to you, I know that we're thinking, okay, this sounds great. We need prototypes. We need partners. But many of us are solopreneurs, as as you've already identified, and so maybe we don't do tons of partnerships, minus for yeah. you know, except for little projects. So. Is this an expensive process? Like when you think of creating something, do you need to have millions of dollars just to get started? Oh, I wish I had millions of dollars. (laughs) No, sadly, I've never
0: had millions of dollars. And as it turns out, I still don't. Working on that right now. Um, No, (laughs) so you don't have to have tons and tons of money. Um, You know, it's amazing to me, uh, actually how inexpensive it can be to have things manufactured. Okay. And- to be able to partner. So for example, um, when we took Hey Mike to market, I, I just think that's a great example of a tangible product. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the cost for our assistance in getting things manufactured, so our partner that helped us take it to the manufacturers, all of that was built into the cost of the mic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we didn't even write him a check separately, right? That was just added to the cost. Okay. And he helped us to negotiate the best possible rate. And we actually started by only manufacturing a few thousand microphones to begin with. So you don't have to go out and manufacture a billion of anything in order to take it to market. Plus, if you look at, you know, think of a great invention, you could spend a ton of time on Etsy. Mm -hmm. I mean, Etsy is a great example of how people are taking micro inventions Mm -hmm micro products and releasing them. So not only do you have that as an option, of course, you have things like Kickstarter and Indiegogo, and you have other solutions where if you've got a great idea, never let money be the thing that's holding you back. It is amazing what you can do with ingenuity and a little bit of perspiration and inspiration and dedication to make it happen.
1: So let's say that someone's listening to us right now, Julie, And they're like, I got it, I have this idea. You know, it it came to me recently. I've done a little research, no one else has it. What are their next steps?
0: So the next steps is I've actually, um, you're gonna give out a great handout that I've put together. Um, And on the back of that handout, I guess it's two pages. So on one side of the handout (laughs) (laughs) are a series of what I call my crazy ideas double checklist. Okay. So I have a lot of crazy ideas um, and anybody who knows me will, will attest to that. I've got more ideas than I know what to do with, but I take every single one of them through a series of questions. Okay. And these questions really stem from making sure that there is an opportunity. Hmm. That is the number one mistake that I see inventors make all the time is they'll be like, this is a great idea. And they get so married to that idea and they're so affectionate and they love that idea. Nobody wants to call their own baby ugly.
1: I was, I was just about to say they don't know their baby's ugly.
0: I know, and somebody's gonna have to break it to them. Oh. so it's better if they are asking themselves their own questions, right? They need to put that baby's picture through like a through like an image detector and determine <laughs> how ugly that baby is.
1: Oh no, it came up with a match for a chimp or or, or something.
0: Exactly, like exactly. Oh, yeah, I remember my husband and I when we were dating did one of those things where it morphs your images, and yes. it was horrifying. <laughs> Luckily, we adopted our kids, so you know we we. Mm, we circumvented that, but uh, it's about making sure that there's evidence for the need. Okay. And it's like, what is the evidence that there's need? What are they doing today? Whatever this problem is that you think your new great idea is going to solve, mm-hmm. people are solving it today somehow. Okay. So what are they doing today? And you know, are they happy with that? Are they unhappy? Are you going to have to educate them about the problem? If you have to convince them there's a problem, that's not gonna. That's going to take a lot of time and a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the biggest expense and challenge when it comes to bringing some great product to market mm-hmm. is that it is a new business,
1: mm-hmm. and that
0: has to be one of the other really big considerations for people. Mm-hmm. When I took my very first product to market, I had to time out for my other business. Okay. I mean, I basically stopped speaking for three full months just to focus on developing, Mm -hmm. marketing, getting all the sales things in place, putting together an e-commerce website, getting things launched on Amazon. You know, it is its own separate business and you have to be prepared Mm -hmm. and financially available to kind of time out and do that. Now, a lot of that work can be done at nights and weekends. So if this is a passion project and you want to take it out, then you Mm -hmm. absolutely should. But the key here is just to remember that every new initiative takes time. And if you really want a product to be
1: successful, you have to be willing to make that time. You know what's powerful about what you just said is that what I heard was this is an investment, and so even if you're taking three months off from your speaking business, let's say so that you know it's a matter of you having the money set aside to do that, it can pay off later. so, for instance, we're in a time right now where a lot of people that strictly speak, so not those that have virtual offerings now they're they're not having income coming in, and so if they had a product like this that was out on the market completely unconnected to what they were doing that would be an additional, totally separate stream of revenue. So it sounds like this is kind of one of those ebb and flow situations. You give a little bit, but it also gives you an additional layer of security later. Absolutely.
0: I mean, just like any form of diversification. Mm -hmm. And it's perfect if you can find something that does slightly honor your current brand and your current focus, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to. Okay. If it does, that's great. Now you can use that when you speak, you can talk about it. You can use it as giveaways. I give away my products all the time. And I assure you, they're a little bit more interesting for people to get than a book. <laughs> so, you know, like I love a good book and I've written a book and I, you know, like, yay
1: books. Right. But mm-hmm. you know, that's what everybody's doing. But Julie, so, did you, did you hear that collective groan? When you said it's better than a book, like I feel, I I silently felt all the groans that happened because we're, we're all having realizations. It's hard,
0: right? It's hard, but people want to feel like they're getting something that is special. And I'll tell you what else I've found so interesting our audiences, first, our audiences are amazed by speakers in general for all kinds of reasons. They're amazed because we would be willing to stand up on a stage in the first place and speak at all. <laughs> but they're Also, they're amazed by our, our creative thinking and the way that we frame our ideas. And, and that's why they love to see speakers and they love to be engaged with speakers. But you take that up a real notch when you tell them you're an inventor Mm-hmm. And that you are creating products, and they—it's amazing to me. Like, because it took me years to call myself an inventor. It took me years to use that name, even after I had invented and launched a product. Wow! Because I just thought I don't know inventors are some special breed of person. Who knew? Yes. It's, it's in a it, lab
1: coat and that's, yes. Re-
0: things yeah. are blowing up in the background and there's you know <laughs> fire extinguishers and all kinds of cool things. So I think that is the other thing, right? Is it, it, it will definitely, no matter what area of the world or what topic you focus on that you create products will reinforce your ingenuity in front of an audience. And that is a great, great badge to wear.
1: Well, you have been extremely generous, not only with your time, Julie, but all of the National Speakers Association's national members will have access to download your product and market expander worksheet. So we can get started right now working on our next physical product.
0: I am so excited for everybody to come up with these great big ideas and to have a lot of fun doing it.
1: NSA leadership, staff, and members have been abundantly generous with business-growing information during this challenging time. Stay up to date with NSA COVID-19 updates and resources by visiting nsaspeaker.org forward slash C-O-V-I-D 19 Thank you for tuning in to Voices of Experience, the podcast of the National Speakers Association. Catch us on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, and NSA's social media profiles. I'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.